Well, um, we'll go back to 1 Peter chapter 5 and may not be able uh, to finish the uh, book, whole book here, but we definitely will by Wednesday night, Lord willing, uh, be done with the whole book. I may go back and um, do a summary back over uh, the book and uh, before we wrap things up there in 1 Peter. Um, but I appreciate the help the Lord's been to us going through this book. And uh, no doubt uh, it's been a great help to me. I've read over uh, these um, verses many times in uh, my Christian life, but um, I've read it more uh, this, these past couple of weeks um, and just asked the Lord to speak to my heart and help me uh, to be the best pastor I can be uh, and best Christian that I could be in the midst of these times that we live in today. Um, so let's all go back with our Bibles to First Peter chapter number 5. Be praying for Brother Jones um, there in North Carolina. Uh, Brother Ben Cooley, I believe, was down uh, preaching uh, in Rockwood today. And um, then he's going to be preaching and going on up to Indiana, I believe, this week. So, And he's out preaching tonight. So please be praying for him as well and pray for support. Uh, for this uh, dear brother, uh, that the Lord will help him to raise his support and uh, for continued direction in his in his life and ministry of where the Lord would want him uh, to be. So please continue to pray for our dear brother. And uh, we'll go back to First Peter chapter number five and try to pick back up where we left off this morning. And um, see what the Lord has for us here. We uh, again have uh, come down through uh, these um, many verses here, chapter number five. And um, the theme of this chapter seems to be humility. Uh, and so we're dealing with humility. And we dealt a little bit this morning with uh, humility in the minister, uh, in the ministry. And then he begins to deal with his, um, humility in the membership. Uh, and then all of us, you know, it kind of takes a turn, just reminds all of us we should walk humbly before our God and that we should walk humbly one towards another and humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Uh, we dealt with uh, amongst each other there in the membership, but now uh, it turns directions more and it's humility under the mighty. Uh, and of course, it's from that verse, verse number six, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. And so uh, it takes a lot of humility, and especially dealing in a Baptist church. Uh, you must constantly humble yourself, uh, not just uh, in society. It's difficult enough, but uh, it uh, will continue to be difficult for us uh, not to be lifted up in pride or lift ourselves, exalt ourselves or uh, let the enemy um, uh, get to us and get us prideful and, and deal with things out of emotion and arrogance and pride. And so we must constantly be guarded against that um, in our life. We must humble ourselves amongst ourselves. But then in verse number five, I'll read verse number five. Likewise, ye younger, uh, submit yourselves unto the elder. And yea, all of you be subject one to the other, to another, and be clothed with humility. And so we looked uh, in the title of this chapter that I entitled uh, The uh, Worker's Clothing. Uh, as we work and labor in the ministry, we must be clothed with humility. Um, for God uh, resisteth the proud, and that's why it's so important that we humble ourselves, because uh, our only hope is in God. 
And so uh, if we're going to get any help and if we're going to make it in the ministry, if we're going to be successful, I put it this morning, but if we're going to do the will of God um, and stay in the will of God, um, be it as a member or, or as a pastor or deacon or, or a trustee or what, whatever position, whatever thing that the Lord's given you to do in the church, if you're going to make it uh, and be faithful to do it and make it successfully, uh, you're going to have to have the Lord's help. And so you will not be able to, I won't be able to feed the flock of God and, and humble myself and do all the things that I'm supposed to do as a pastor without the help of God. And nor will you be able to put up with me very long without the help of God. And so we have to humble ourselves. And so in verse number five, he says that, submit yourselves unto the elder, all of you be subject one to another. And that, we, that word we looked at, subject is yielded to. And so we must yield to one another. Uh, seems like certain ones creep up in the church and they uh, seem to always be about themselves. I, me, my. And, um, you know, when you get that kind of spirit about you, uh, you're dangerous in a church. Um, it's not about you. And it's not about you getting your way. It's not about your family. It's not about um, your position, your wants, your desires. It's, it's nothing to do with you. Uh, it's all about bringing glory to the Lord Jesus. And uh, it's about others and trying to serve and help others. And so be careful and guard against that spirit. Uh, and that spirit can find itself anywhere in the pulpits or in the pews. So be subject to one to another and clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud, and he giveth grace to the humble. And I love the last part of that verse because it says what we all know there, that God resisteth the proud. Uh, but let's not ever forget that also the last part of that, God giveth grace to the humble. And um, so when God showed us grace, when he saved us um, by his merciful hand, we humbled ourselves under his mighty hand and called upon God to save us, uh, he uh showed us grace and grace, uh, grace that is uh, ever sufficient to the salvation. It is effectual and uh, it is uh, certainly able to save to the uttermost all that are come to God by him. But also as we continue on in the Christian life, the Bible says he giveth more grace and he's often referred to as the God of all grace and grace that we know that flows only in one direction and that is down. And so we must humble ourselves under this gracious mighty God uh, that he might extend some grace uh, to us. And so uh, I love the last part of that verse. We always try to remember, okay, God resisteth the proud. Yes, but if you'll humble yourself, uh, you don't only avoid his resistance, he's actually going to give you more grace. It would be enough if God left us with what he saved us with when he called us out of this world and changed our life and made us a new creature. But he didn't stop there. He giveth more grace. And I've found in my life uh, these years that I've been saved is uh, there's constant, uh, effectual uh, grace flowing in my direction from a God that loves me and cares for me. And uh, that's the only thing that keeps me going on to the next day is that I know there's a God in heaven. I know there's one 
that inhabiteth eternity and that is, uh, dwells in the high and the lofty place. I know there's one there that has all the grace that I need to get through my day and to get through my situations. I know that because he's showed me grace before and he'll continue to do so. Uh, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And so I love that last part of the verse. Yes, God resisteth the proud, and we don't want God to resist us. Uh, but more than that, I want to humble myself because I want to be a partaker of all of the grace that God has in store for me. And I will do that if I will humble myself. And same goes for you. God's got all the grace you need. Uh, and so uh, you just go to God, and that's what he's going to begin to deal with. And so we looked at that a little bit uh, this morning. Let's pick back up in verse number six. And look under, look at this title section here, humility under uh, the mighty. And uh, what I mentioned, first of all, is how that God is uh, showing us that the number most, the number one most prideful, most arrogant, most sinful thing a man can just about do is to not pray uh, and not humble himself and pray uh, because it's uh, like you're telling God you don't need him. Uh, you are uh, full and uh, you are rich and God is saying, no, uh, only thing you are is what I have sustained you with. And at any moment I remove that favor, uh, you'll be back like you were. And so all you have is what God's given you. And so we must humble ourselves and remember all that we are, we are by the grace of God. And so if we're going to continue and not living on what we were, we're not, yesterday's grace is not sufficient uh, for today. And so we must remember we need grace today. We need uh, sufficient grace that was sufficient to get you through the last so many years of your life. You need the same sufficient grace to get you through today and take it day by day and humble yourself under this mighty God and he'll give you more grace. And I appreciate the Lord. Uh, I feel like sometimes I've wore out uh, the grace that he has available, but uh, there he has an everlasting uh, uh, eternal amount of grace. He never runs out of grace. I don't think he ever gets sometimes I feel personally like God gets tired of me uh, and tired of having to deal with me sometimes, but uh, he doesn't. Uh, he loves us as his dear children, and 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 he uh, uh, delights in showing mercy, and he loves to extend grace. And so uh, he's your father, and he loves you, and we should go to him. And that's what he wants us to see in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, he exalted Christ and given him a name above every name because he humbled himself, came obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And you and I also will. Uh, will be highly exalted as we're seated with him in the heavenlies. And we were highly exalted uh, as we sit there today in the spirit, uh, but uh, in the body we are here. And so I, this verse is referring to at any time. Uh, I don't, I'm not saying it's exclusively talking about in the latter times in which God will highly exalt us. There is coming a day uh, then we will be highly exalted. And I believe uh, even in the millennial reign of Christ, I believe uh, we'll rule and reign with him in those days. And uh, I believe 
all of those wonderful things, but uh, I believe in this life, in today's world, God uh, will exalt you here. God will lift you up here. Cousin James uh, puts that in another way, talking about if you'll humble yourselves, therefore, in the sight of God, uh, he will lift you up. He will, uh, uh, when you're down, when you're depressed, when you're uh, uh, feeling like nobody's listening, nobody cares, and it's doing no good, and you're spinning your wheels, getting nowhere, God, if you'll just humble yourself, uh, God will lift you up in his time, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will bring you up, just like he did uh, when he saved you from the wrath of God, and you, you, you called upon him for mercy, and he took you out of all of your problems, and he saved you from all of your troubles. Uh, there's still the same caring, loving God, full of grace, sufficient mercy and grace that he has in store for you. And uh, so just don't lose sight of that. Don't lose hope of that. God has not run out of grace. He's not tired of showing it to you. Uh, he's not uh, um, uh, fed up with you. Uh, he's not tired of you coming to him for grace. Uh, he has everything you need. And if you need something, you go to your father. So humble yourself, therefore. And I want to see revival in our churches. I want to see revival in our church. And the only way we're going to do that on a personal level, on an individual level, the only way we'll have any type of revival, uh, be it individually, be it in the church, wherever it may be, uh, it will begin with a humble heart. We'll have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and we will have to pray. And uh, until we do that, we will not have revival. So humble yourself, and God will exalt you in due time. And so I want to just look at a couple of verses before we go to Daniel. Uh, these are very familiar verses. Proverbs 16, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Uh, I quoted this morning, uh, Proverbs 15, before honor is humility. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. And then Daniel chapter 4, if you'll turn with me and see so many other verses I have here and dealing with um, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Ahab, and many others uh, here in the scriptures uh, that deal with this matter of humility, that you see many places in the Bible where uh, God said, since that man humbled himself, uh, I'm going to reward him, or I'm going to stay my hand of judgment. I'm going to uh, uh, um, uh, not do what I had intended to do uh, because that man humbled himself. Uh, he had great favor uh, because uh, this man humbled himself. And so uh, I'll give you some of those verses before we... Uh, close, but I want to give you Daniel chapter 4. So turn to Daniel chapter 4, and I just want to look at what happens when we don't humble ourselves. Again, very familiar uh, scripture here dealing with Nebuchadnezzar, uh, but um, I've seen this time and time again in my Christian life uh, that if we do not humble ourselves, uh, God loves us too much to go on in our pride uh, and uh, self-promotion and self-will. And uh, if you look at a lot of what is most sickening on Facebook is uh, generally speaking and Instagram and social media is generally speaking now, you see most of people's timelines and their uh, pages and stories and all the other things that are out there, they're filled with pictures of themselves. They're filled with everything about themselves. I just love the post that uh, I'm having a friend's clearing list of all the people that are not interacting with my post. Like, like you're so special that everyone must 
must interact with you and like your things and, and tell you how great your comments were. And you're not that important. And, and really, I don't think many people are that upset uh, that you're removing their friendship from off of Facebook. I mean, this is how petty uh, that we are in these days. This is how, this is what this uh, generation is raised, been raised to believe that life revolves around them. And uh, we've done a disservice to our young people, uh, but I've seen older people get caught up in the same thing. It's uh, it's all about themselves. And uh, every uh, time they uh, seem to make a post about something, it has generally to do with something about their self. And uh, uh, when you can see a young person's uh, uh, timeline or, or feed or news feed, whatever you want to call that thing, uh, when you go down through there and you scroll down through their page, it's picture after picture after picture after picture after picture of themselves. Uh, they're in love with their self. That's what your problem is. Um, I, I, I don't know how else to say that, but uh, uh, we uh, should be and, and doing what the Bible said. We should be showing the world Christ Jesus the Lord. Uh, they should not see us because we don't want to be seen. Uh, our lives should be hid with Christ in God and we should be crucified with him. And nevertheless, we live yet not I, but Christ liveth in us. And so we need the world not to see the beauty of our outfits and the beauty of our hair and uh, uh, how beautiful everything about us is and, and feed the narcissism that is so prevalent in our day. Uh, what we should be doing is exalting Christ and using uh, these forms of social media as a platform in which we can exalt Christ. I, I would just venture to say if you got the Apostle Paul back in his day, if they were to able to have uh, Facebook, I do not think you would have 1,500 pictures of the Apostle Paul and Barnabas out witnessing to people on the street. And I don't know where these guys come up with this, or this is a good idea, but they'll lay their camera down and aim it towards themselves as they're out preaching on the street. All you're trying to do is get noticed for doing something, and you've gotten all the praise, my friend, that you're ever going to get. Heaven's not going to recognize the things that you've done to get approval and to seek attention from other people. And so, uh, uh, but you see that all throughout, not just in young people, not just in membership, but I see preachers and they'll post it in a form of a, I just want to thank God for how he's uh, used me to reach so many people. And uh, they just put, they're just promoting themselves. And uh, what we're supposed to be doing is promoting the Lord Jesus, promoting the gospel, trying to reach people for Jesus. Um, uh, you don't see an invitation to come to church. Uh, you don't see people putting anything out there. It's actually a very accurate depiction of who you really are and just go back on your own timeline there and see what all is on your page and what you're depicting time and time again is really who you are. Uh, that's a very accurate, accurate reflection of the reality of your heart of what you put on that on Facebook and Instagram. It's a very accurate depiction. Uh, so don't deceive yourself in thinking you are more spiritual than you are uh, when your entire uh, life is consumed with yourself and your vain beauty uh, or your strength. I see uh, guys on uh, just as much as girls on there and they get out there and just uh, uh, really enjoyed the Lord today and they'll be out there working out and they're uh, without their shirt on and various things and uh, I don't I don't understand why they uh, do that. I, I, I really, that's beyond me. I mean, if you, I think it's good that you should exercise, but um, I can tell you about how much I care about how much you're exercising. 
Uh, it's uh, about a big zero. I could care less whether you're exercising or not. And I really don't want to see you without your shirt on. And I really don't want to see uh, these girls out in pantyhose running around in sports bras and pantyhose and putting it on Facebook and then come in here and sing about Jesus. I think it's uh, quite hypocritical. I think it's quite ineffective uh, to not be uh, adorned in modest apparel. And especially when you flaunt it out for the entire world to see and all your life is consumed and caught up with the things of this world. And the Bible said that's what happens when seed falls on bad ground. Uh, the, the seed gets choked up with thorns and, and the cares and the affections of this life. Uh, people get caught up with all the things of this world and they forget God and they don't humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. And what happens is they get caught up with all the, uh, the Bible says they love not the world because uh, any man that loves this world, the love of the Father's not in him. And so the love of worldly operations and worldly things and uh, all of that is a sign that you've got something bad wrong in your heart. And uh, I'm telling you, it's a shame. I don't know, uh, uh, other than a few people, I don't know how much time you might spend on social media. But when I look down through uh, my news feed, other than what Donald Trump's putting out uh, about exalting himself and how great he is, uh, which is another thing that's going to get us in trouble if he don't uh, humble himself. He's not done anything God's not allowed him to do. He's not done anything God's not given him the mind and the capability and the power to do. Donald Trump's done nothing uh, but what God's given him the grace and mercy to do. But he exalts himself time and time again. And then you scroll on down and what do you see? Nothing but uh, more self-promotion, uh, more uh, things about self and people promoting themselves. You see very little of the gospel uh, coming from Christians, Bible-believing Christians and uh, I think it's a shame in our day. I think what we should do, and not at the scolding of m some preacher, uh, but in the reality of the heart, take uh, inventory about where we are with God and face the reality uh, that we're not nearly as spiritual as we thought that we were and really humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, get our priorities back in order, get our lives under control, and really sell out to God and put way waste to these things that we've allowed. The little foxes are beginning to spoil. We've allowed little things into our lives, little movies we never would have watched that may say a bad word that we never used to be okay with and now we make light of it and we just, I mean every time we sacrifice and let little bitty things into our lives, I find myself as a worse off every single time. Uh, I, I'm telling you people have uh, made fun of old time preachers preaching against the television and preaching against uh, all of those things but I was a much better Christian when I didn't have one I was a better Christian when I didn't have social media I was a better Christian before I had an iPhone uh, the iPhones and social media has got more people in trouble it's wrecked more homes more marriages fed the, the fed the narcissism of more teenagers and fed more it created more problems inside Baptist churches of people being offended and people being upset and putting their lives out on display for all of the world to see. It's done nothing but cause us trouble. We're no better off for it. Uh, we've got caught up. You got people uh, that are in love with all kinds of things in this world and their priorities are far above Jesus. They don't read their Bibles anymore. They don't pray anymore. They don't, they don't, try to, uh, they don't listen to preaching anymore. They don't listen to Christian music anymore and they've embraced the things of this world and they've become so blinded by it they don't see anything wrong 
wrong with it anymore. They become so blinded. They don't see how bad off that they are. They don't see the dangers that lie ahead. They don't see how unspiritual that they are. They don't see God stopped anointing them and what they're doing. They don't, they don't see as clear uh, as they did once see when they were sensitive to the Spirit of God. Why? Because they're not Spirit-filled. They're filled with their self. They're filled with the world. I'm not saying they're not saved, but I am certainly saying that they filled themselves up and they've been overtaken with all the cares and the affections and the attention of this world. That They've lost the attention of a holy God that called them up out of the dust of the mire of the clay and set their feet on a solid foundation and set their made straight paths for their feet and established their goings and, and set, established their families and, and been shed grace upon their life and give them every opportunity that they've had. They've lost sight of God and they've turned from God to serve idols and they've got uh, idols in the heart are as dangerous as an idol in the hand and they've gotten sidetracked on things and they're uh, looking, uh, uh, spending all of their time is spent with everything involved in this world and I'm telling you, you may not see it now. You won't, The devil never will come in with something right off the bat that'll just destroy you. It'll just be some simple little thing that you can slide in that's not going to destroy you all at once. It'll take a little time and the people that surround you and love you have tried to warn you and they and knowing therefore the terror of the Lord we try to persuade men to be consecrated, to be separated to be holy and without holiness no man will see the Lord and we come into our churches and there's no anointing. There is no uh, spirit of God moving in the service. There's no uh, a conviction in the heart of lost people uh, because we've spent all of our time uh, wrapped up in the things of this world and we don't do anything to feed the spiritual man that lives inside of us. We've done nothing but fed the mean old flesh dog all week long and we uh, have literally starved uh, the spirit of God that lives in us that gives us the overcoming power to be what we are. It's not time, Christian, that we back up. It's time we humble ourselves and we go to God in prayer and say, God, be merciful to me for we have sinned greatly in the sight of God. We've taken the beauty that you've made for us, all the things you've done for us, the churches you've given us, uh, we've taken for granted. For We've, we've, we've done despite the spirit of grace. We've um, operated uh, in, in fleshly ways. We've uh, refused to forgive one another. Uh, we spend our time uh, wrapped up with idols and entertainment and television and there's people that spend more time trying to uh, trying to perfect their bodies they spend more time exercising their physical body uh, to try to impress people and try to get attention from people uh, they spent more time in those areas of life than they have given themselves uh, to fasting and prayer and to reading and study of the Bible and they wonder why uh, they can't ever seem to get ahead they wonder why uh, they can't be faithful to the house of God they wonder why they don't have a burden anymore. They wonder why they don't have a burden to want to pray. And their want to has been affected. They don't want to change. They don't even hardly want to be any better. Uh, they find themselves almost in the position they were before they ever got saved. Just cold and indifferent to all the things of God. What happened? You got lifted up in pride. You fed yourself for so long. Uh, you, you, you basically told God you didn't need him anymore uh, because you, here's what you did. You quit praying. You quit your dependent upon the, you're dependent upon the word of God and you quit getting in the word of God. You're dependent upon prayer and the grace of God and you quit praying. What's happened to you, my friend, has happened to many people. It's not strange to you. It's not peculiar to you. It'll happen to any Christian. 
any preacher, any pastor, any deacon, any church member uh, that finds himself in a place where he's basically told God, I can make it just fine without you, Lord. I don't need you. You've saved me. Thank you for saving me, and I appreciate that. Uh, but uh, I don't need you in the everyday aspect of my life. Can I say what this verse tells us? Casting all of your care, all the things that you care about in life, uh, everything in your day-to-day life that is burdening you down, that has got you uh, anxious, that you worry and care for, uh, all of those things on a daily basis are to be cast upon the Lord. Uh, we, we, Most of us are living what we were. We are living today on what we were 10 years ago. We're running and coasting it on fumes, and it's fixing to run out. We're headed for catastrophe. Uh, We're headed for destruction. Uh, We're headed to be castaways. If we're not careful, uh, we better go back to the old-time way that worked. We better go back to the way he said uh, worked for our forefathers and those that have stood the test and and inherited the promises patiently waiting on God. And those men didn't spend their life uh, caught up with all the cares of this world. they were they they were uh, more interested uh, in the God seeking the God of heaven and they were praying and they were meeting in prayer meetings and they were uh, shedding the weights and sins that easily beset them and uh, that's the only hope we got church the only hope you've got lost man if you're listening to me lost lady the only hope you got is in the Lord God of heaven and you better look up under the hills which cometh your help uh, God is the only hope that you've got and when you get to the place where you've left him and you spend more time in the world and the things of this world I promise you I'm not a prophet I'm I'm telling you based on the Bible uh, and based on life experience you are headed for a fall you are headed to stumble and you are headed to make trouble out of your life and it might just end up so bad and it may be in a way that you never even dreamed it might end up all because you decided that you'd spend more time with everything else and not even give, an, not even give a care and a thought uh, to asking and, 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 and petitioning the Lord of heaven and casting your cares upon him and uh, drawing your strength from him and, and, and getting guidance from the word of God. And I'm telling you, this burdens my heart. It saddens my heart to see the state a lot of our churches are in. There's no discernment anymore in churches. There's, I mean, there's very little burden. We're more upset about uh, getting our own way or doing what we think uh, we ought to be done. I'm telling you, we've lost our way. Uh, we used to care uh, about trying to keep up with uh, uh, those that, um, you know, are, are lost without the Lord. We used to uh, care about uh, trying to reach lost souls. We used to ha- care. Does it even, can I ask you something tonight? Does it even trouble you a little bit that you're not even troubled about it anymore? Uh, does it trouble you that you're not even bothered by it? I, I mean, I would be extremely deeply troubled if I wasn't even troubled about not being troubled. I, I mean, it, it ought to bother us that we have such little care. It ought to bother us that we, uh, that we have uh, such little desire. Why? Why? Can, answer me this. Uh, answer me this. Why do you have so little regard for God in your life? And say, well, preacher, I, I don't. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, how, 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 are you praying every day? Are you reading your word, the Word of God every day? Are you spending time with the Lord at all? Are you meditating upon His Word? Are you uh, thinking upon Him and the things and pure things and holy things and just things? And 
Are you, are, you, are, you, are you walking in the Spirit? How come you have so little regard uh, for God? Has it always been that way in your life? You've probably never been saved. Uh, but it, it, maybe, it was, maybe it was once another way, and, and maybe somehow you've gotten to a place where uh, you're not that way anymore. It happens over time. It's just little by little, step by step, you get cold and you get indifferent. Can I exhort you, please, uh, to, to go back and start where you, uh, uh, to go back to where you started? Get down on your knees and humble yourself before God and tell Him, cry out to Him, cast all your cares upon Him. Why? Uh, because the Bible said He careth for you. And uh, uh, can I just say that if you belong to God, can I show you what will happen if you don't? Uh, if, if you don't uh, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and you don't put God in that lordship place in your life to rule and reign in your life, uh, you're, you're not, things are not going to go well for you. Can I show you what will happen? In Daniel chapter 4, we know we've left on the heels here of chapter 3. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we know what's happened there. And Nebuchadnezzar's now stood up. This is a decree he's made that I believe Daniel word for word has copied down for us here. Uh, by the working of the Spirit and preserved it for us today. Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the, God, the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. Can I say there was a time when you first got saved? Uh, if you're saved out there tonight, uh, there was a time that you were flourishing. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It's sad that that is a memory. It shouldn't be. It should be uh, what happened this morning. It should be the here and now. Uh, but you know what I'm talking about. If you're in this place, can I talk to you just a moment? And take the next 10 minutes of what I've got left and just talk to you just a minute. Uh, you remember what happened after you got saved? You remember the burdens that were lifted? You remember the joy God put in your heart? Do you remember the love, the longing you had, as the songwriter said, uh, a longing you had to serve Him? You remember, you remember those days? You remember, uh, the joy of, uh, of God clearing up the confusion that, 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 how you were not at rest at all. You were struggling with being saved. You didn't know if you were saved. You were, uh, um, maybe you were dealing with that or maybe you were just lost and you didn't want to give up sin or whatever it was you're struggling with. And, and, uh, God comes in, moves into your life, strong conviction and, and you turn from idols and you serve the living God. And God God saves you and uh, you put your faith in him and joy just floods your life and God begins to deal with you and he takes you as one man said this poor man cried out and, and God and God absolutely saved us from all our troubles and uh, God did that and he saves us and and man uh, well, there's still troubles there but it, it sure ain't troubling me I'm just caught up in love with Jesus and uh, and so we're caught up in those things and we're at rest and we're at peace and joy. And man, we just want, all we want is for somebody else to get what we got. We just cannot believe the miracle God's performed in our lives. Uh, how he changed our thinking and changed our wills and changed our desires and uh, all that he did for us when he saved us. And, and man, we go on there pretty strong, some longer than others, but uh, you go on pretty good and you're growing in grace and knowledge of the Lord and uh, you continue to grow. And 
God's helping you and molding you and making you and uh, um, refining you, as uh, one man put it, uh, getting all the dross and, uh, until he sees that reflection of himself and he's dealing with you and, and you're, you're shedding things. God puts his finger on something and God says, you know, you need to, turn, you need to throw that out the window. You need to get rid of that uh, magazine. You need to get rid of that uh, DVD. You need to get rid of these things. And start, God starts shedding you of all the dead weight and he take a preacher and preach on something and uh, you'll so, you are so sensitive to it. Uh, you would just immediately, there's no questions asked. You would just respond to God and, and uh, you would move those things out of your life and you are going along and then somewhere along the way uh, you hardened yourself against God and you um, allowed, uh, you, you took your eyes off of him and maybe it wasn't something you did. Maybe it was something someone else did and it, uh, it upsets you. It hurts you deeply. And you got your eyes off the Lord, got discouraged and stopped progressing in your sanctification and you uh, began to uh, grow stale and cold and you didn't deal with that thing and you just let it grow. And, and now uh, whatever the situation is, you are where you are today where, no, you're not out drinking, you're not out partying, smoking pot and uh, living in the world in that manner, but um, you're, you're no better in your heart. You kind of wish you were. You kind of hate that you're tied yourself uh, down so much. And uh, uh, you kind of uh, start missing a little bit, and you're unfaithful, and uh, you're unfaithful to uh, it starts in the prayer closet and in the Word of God, and then you're unfaithful. And you're never going to miss on a Sunday morning, but then Sunday nights start slipping. Wednesday nights are really a no. Uh, you're too tired, as though nobody else has to work in the world and goes to church on a Wednesday night, and and so you convince yourself going home, and uh, you go on home, and, uh, and before you know it, it's become easier and easier, and you're just cold and indifferent. Uh, uh, and not only uh, you, you get begin for a little time, you're concerned about yourself. You know you're headed in the wrong direction. You know you're not you're not what you were. You know you're you're troubled by those things, and and uh, pride has crept into your life. You become proud. Uh, that uh, seems odd, but if you think about it, uh, you removed your reliance upon God, and you relied upon yourself and thought about yourself. And the uh, Bible says, "Lean not on uh, your own understanding. Uh, don't trust in your own way." But in, in all thy ways acknowledge him. And you for, you quit doing that. And uh, uh, your convictions you had go out the window. Uh, all of those things begin to happen. You, you lose a burden for lost souls. You don't pray for others anymore. Don't pray for your pastor. Uh, don't pray for uh, others as much. And uh, you tell them you do, but you know you don't. And uh, uh, things just, you, you become indifferent and cold. And I believe that's where the majority of our churches are in these days. I believe a lot of people are saved. They're just in the state that I've described. They've, they've gotten to a place where they just are cold and they're indifferent. And uh, uh, God told us these times are going to come. And the good news is you don't have to stay that way. God loves you so much. He's not going to let you remain in that position. God will deal with you. Uh, what he tells us here in these verses is to humble yourself. And so we can, on our own volition, and this is to a saved person now, a lost person, I'm talking to saved people, but a saved man can humble himself and he can get down on his knees and he can cry out to God and say, God, I'm sorry, uh, please forgive me. And God will have mercy upon him and God will forgive, forgive him and heal him. And the Bible said he'll even uh, restore the years uh, that the locust ate. And God's able to do all of those things. And um, uh, what happens, though, when we refuse to do that 
And this is what Nebuchadnezzar's in. Nebuchadnezzar's in that place. And I'm not saying he's a saved man. I'm just telling you the story of what happened here. But he's certainly at peace in his palace. Everything's going great. Um, but there's something about Nebuchadnezzar that God knows that he doesn't know. And uh, something God sees he don't see. And see, until I face some problems in my life, my heart's deceitful. I, I, I don't even know my own self. God knows all about me. He knows me greater. That's why the psalmist said, search me, O Lord, and try me. Try thou that, you know, he that tries the reins and uh, possesses the reins. Try me. Search me, Lord. Tell me if there be any wicked way in me. I want you to expose it because I don't even know my own self. I thought I was doing good and I end up on a rooftop overlooking a place where women shower and I saw a woman and I cr created the biggest mess and uh, in, in a lot of pretty much most of the Bible. And uh, so I don't even know myself, Lord. I need you to search me. And uh, um, uh, we can do that. And God will expose things through Bible preaching and things like that. But there's something about Nebuchadnezzar. God sees him. He doesn't see him. He's at rest. He's at peace. And he's telling everybody how wonderful God he is. And uh, here's what happens. Therefore made I a decree in verse 6 to bring in all the wise men of Babylon because he's had a vision. He said, you know, I was at rest in peace. There was nothing troubling me, but I was just laying there asleep and was made afraid because of the thoughts upon my bed. The vision of my head troubled me. And so he calls in all the magicians and uh, all these astrologers and the soothsayers. And, and then at the last, Daniel came in uh, before me, whose name was Belshazzar, according uh, to the name of my God, and in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And before him, I told the dream. He's still a little confused in his language here. Uh, you can quite understand that. O Belshazzar, master of the magicians. Um, that's not how I would refer to a man of God, I don't think. But anyhow, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods, uh, uh, plural, uh, that's scary, uh, is in thee, and no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen. Thus were the visions of my head. And so he begins to tell him in Daniel 4, verse 10. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. The tree grew, was strong, and the height thereof reached unto the heaven. And the uh, sight thereof, the end of all the earth, the leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was meat for fruit therefore, thereof much. And, um, excuse me, the beasts of the field had shadow under it, the fowls of the heavens. And he tells uh, Daniel about this great dream, this great vision. And uh, then he says, um, nevertheless, uh, look down uh, in verse number 14, he cried aloud and said, hew down the tree. Uh, after uh, one came down from heaven, he said, hew down the tree and cut his branches, shake off his leaves, and nevertheless leave the stump of his roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beast and the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's, and let a beast's heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. And so he gives him this uh, word, and Daniel, uh, being the man of God that he is, um, uh, looks upon this thing, and he says, This dream I, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 18, have seen. And he says, Belshazzar, he says, I want you to declare the interpretation thereof, because I know that you can. So Daniel, whose surname was Belshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. 
the king spake and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Uh, Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee, and the interpretations thereof to thine enemies. Now he's not saying that's where it is. And I'm about done here, but uh, he's not saying that's where it is. He's saying, as though, uh, what I believe here, he's saying, I wish... Uh, I would that this dream, Daniel knows the interpretation, and I think he's saying, I wish that this dream was to your enemies. I wish, I wish this dream didn't apply to you, king. Uh, I believe Daniel loved the king, and uh, he honored the king. He was a, a man of God that would do that. And uh, I don't think he would want this uh, to come upon him. But uh, anyhow, he said um, to the enemy, the interpretation of thine enemies, uh, the tree that thou sawest which grew and was strong, whose height reached into the heaven, whose leaves were fair, the fruit thereof, and the fowls of the air. Verse 22, it is thou, O king. And so he tells him, it's you, king. Uh, thou art grown and become strong. For thy greatness is grown and reached unto the heavens and uh, not a more powerful man in probably all the earth at the time in which Daniel lived. And um, look at the uh, verse 24. This is the interpretation, king, uh, that is uh, come upon my Lord. They, uh, that they shall drive thee from men and that uh, thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whosoever he will. Uh, it troubles me to hear our president speak the way that he does. And I love him, and I have every intentions of voting for him again. And I suggest that you do the same. Uh, but it scares me because God uh, is uh, um, uh, uh, able to humble any man, any place, any time. And so uh, we should humble ourselves so that God doesn't have to. And look at what God does and to humble this man, uh, um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And so uh, he said, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable and break off thy sins uh, by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. If it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. And God's been known to do that. As I mentioned it, and we don't have the time tonight, but we could go through Manasseh and so many others in all the Bible that humbled themselves. And so God said, I'll tell you what, since he humbled himself, things are going to be different. And I believe that's what Daniel is saying here to this man. He's saying, if you will put off thy sins, if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, maybe there'll be a lengthening of thy tranquility. Maybe God will lessen the punishment, the judgment uh, that he's got uh, coming to you. And, and so, of course, the king doesn't take him up on it. Uh, he's given him wise counsel. And here's something I've never understood, and I, I, I'm about done. I, I've never understood. People will come to a preacher, and they'll ask for advice, and they'll ask for help, and they'll get a good biblical answer based on prayer, experienced in the Word of God, and, and they'll get an answer, and they won't do it. I've just never understood that. I don't understand good biblical counsel, good strong counsel in your life. That people, it's their mind generally when they come to you. I've learned in my few years, generally speaking, people's minds are already made up what they're going to do. They just want you to agree with them. 
Uh, because if you disagree with them and give them scripture for it and tell them from the Bible, they're, they're not going to take your counsel. They're going to do what they're going to do anyway. Their heart is set to do whatever it is they're going to do. And they're not really uh, concerned about uh, you helping them. And so that's what happens here. Uh, he goes to Daniel and uh, he, he, he has all the confidence in the world in Daniel. And Daniel tells him, here's what's going to happen if you don't humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And what does the man do? He does nothing with the advice that was given to him by the man of God. Instead, look what happens. Verse number 28, all this came upon uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar. So Daniel's told him in verse 27 uh, that there may be a lengthening of thy tranquility if he would break off his sins and uh, be good to the poor, show mercy and all of those things. And at the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon, talking about Nebuchadnezzar. The king spake and said, it's not this great Babylon. Now notice this verse. I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. That's about the most prideful, most arrogant verse in the Bible. Uh, look at all that I've done. And uh, uh, what happened in the midst of him speaking, verse 31, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast and the ox and all those things. And verse 33, the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven out from men, he was driven from men, excuse me, and did eat grass as an oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails like birds' claws. Can you imagine how silly this great man, this great powerful man of majesty that's built this great beautiful kingdom? It didn't take God five minutes to put this man out, and he looked, I'm, just the physical appearance of this man was enough to just make you want to laugh about it. He had feathers and his nails like a bird. I mean, he looked like a nut, and he was down, and, and this man that looks like a bird is out like an ox in the field eating grass. I mean, this man's lost all, uh, he has what they used to call left the reservation. He's gone off the reservation. Uh, uh, he Nobody's going and looking and saying, oh, king, uh, you know, he's a nobody now. God God's just uh, like that. God has ended. And so what I'm trying to say is everything was looking good. Everything was looking fine. He was enjoying the palace. Everything was going great. But instead of acknowledging God and continuing to humble himself and, and say things uh, 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 that showed forth that humility, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, he continued to lift himself up. Uh, he continued to concentrate on himself. He wasn't trying to build a kingdom for God, even even. David uh, wanted to build a, a house for the Lord, and uh, um, uh, he had no desire to do anything for God. Uh, he was just concerned with himself. All he was concerned with getting an interpretation to his dream or uh, 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 getting people to recognize his beauty and his magic and his wonderful kingdom that he had. And uh, you, you and I can do the same thing. We, we lose sight of doing what God told us to do, and we're busy building our own little kingdom. Uh, there's kingdom preachers that are like that or just trying to gather up and look at all they've done all that but I, I'm not talking about that I'm talking on an individual level in your little kingdom uh, you get concerned with your kingdom and not God's 
And so you're, you're, you're no longer humbling yourself under God's hand. Uh, you're continuing on in your own strength and power. And I promise you, if you belong to the Lord, he's not going to let that go too long because you will make a destruction. The end of your ways are death and destruction. And God doesn't want that for your life. See, God intervenes not uh, for any, uh, well, I mean, he's a jealous God and all those things. I'm not going to say that. Uh, but it's better for you that God rules in your life. What you think is better direction for you, what you think's better for you is wrong. What God knows to be best for you is what's right. And so have you sought the will of God? And you, are you even looking towards God and say, God, should I do this? God, should I do that? Should I go here? Should I marry him? Should I marry her? Should I, should I I do these things. Are you even considering uh, the God of heaven? And Nebuchadnezzar did not. Uh, he paid some lip service to him in the first couple of verses, and uh, that was about it. Um, and so then uh, God had to deal with him. And God did this uh, thing and, and humbled him. And thank God for the last part of this, and I'm done here. I, I just want to give you this last part. Um, verse 36, at the same time, my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. And look at verse 37. Look at what Nebuchadnezzar learned through this. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. And so uh, that is a great lesson that we don't want to learn the way this man had to learn. We want to humble ourselves, and we don't want God to be the one to have to humble us as he did this man, Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, uh, God is able to do that in your life. And maybe that's what's happening. Maybe ever, you're losing everything and everything's falling apart at the divine direction of God uh, because you've walked in pride. Uh, so um, here's the good thing. You've got a God that loves you. He, look at what he confirms in the next verse, and we're done tonight. Uh, casting, uh, humble yourself, uh, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him. And look at that little part that he just threw in there for us tonight to end on. For he careth for you. All those things that sound so negative and horrible and to preach against. What it is, is an opening of your eyes. God's wanting you to see things about yourself. And uh, so um, he allows you to go through these times in your life uh, and he humbles you uh, because that's the best thing for you. And the best thing that will bring him glory is for you to be humble and not walk in the flesh. If you walk in the flesh, you cannot honor God uh, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so you must walk in the spirit. And uh, um, so... Um, we need to humble ourselves. Now, I'm not going to go into this because I've been too long already. Uh, and we'll finish up. That's why I said maybe Wednesday night we'll finish. But we'll go on into verse number 7. Because it is such a comfort to my heart. When God deals 
And he deals with verses like this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. What a, what a stern warning to all of us to be careful and uh, to fear our Father in the proper manner because he is able to bring swift chastisement into our life and get us to walk in the Spirit and not walk in pride. Uh, but then he just always follows things up with something uh, that will encourage your heart. And no doubt uh, he's done that here. So casting your care upon him, uh, see, he, he wants you. Uh, when you quit praying, when you quit relying on him, you quit reading about all those things, and you walk in your own sufficiency, uh, it offends God. God wants you to, to be dependent upon him. God doesn't want us self-proficient. I don't uh, understand where people come up with that kind of idea. Like, well, uh, I'm not going to pray about it. God, listen, God wants us, uh, as one man said, if you care about it, God cares about it. Uh, if it's a concern and a care for you, God wants to bear that burden that you cannot bear anyway. And God will take care of you. So cast your care, God will take care of the care, upon Him, for He careth for you. He's able to care for you and the burden. And so I just love that last little part, uh, because that's the only thing that gets me through the day. I, I don't know about you, but the only thing that gets me through when I see myself as I really am, uh, am in the light of God's glorious Word. There's no veil upon my mind. Uh, I'm able to look in a glass, uh, beholding the uh, glory of the Lord, change into that same image. Uh, but um, And so I see myself as I am. Uh, it can be discouraging oftentimes, but there's always something in me that remembers. There's a God that loves me, and He didn't love me in eternity past, uh, just in when He saved me 10, 13, uh, 13 years ago. Uh, God didn't just save, just love me back then. He didn't just care for me back then when I was lost and going to hell. He careth for me. That's continual action. That's today. I don't care when you read that verse. If you get up in the morning... And this ought to encourage your heart. If you get up in the morning, this verse doesn't change. It didn't say he cared for you. It says he careth for you. So you get up and read this verse in the morning. I don't care how low you feel, how down you are. There's a God in the heavens that still careth for you. If you get up next week and you're going through, and you read this verse next Sunday, if you read this verse a month from now, if you read this verse a year from now, there's still a God in the heavens that careth for you and wants you to cast your cares on him. So uh, I appreciate the Lord helping me with that. It certainly encouraged me. I pray it encouraged you some. Uh, I want to humble myself uh, under the mighty hand of God because I certainly need God's help. Everything I try to do in the energy of the flesh, I make a mess of it. And can I tell you something, young person, older person, whatever your age is, anything you do out of your own will and out of your own sufficiency, out of your own resources, walking in the flesh, what the Bible would call that, uh, anything you do, it will never please God. And so if you get the idea and you start working things out in your head, well, I can do this and, and I'll still go to church here and I'll do this. Uh, you're never going to please God with all your reasoning, all your plans, all your ideas. What you must do is just humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and pray and ask God what his will is. And whatever that will is, yea, Lord, if thou hast said it, that settles it. And just go on with God, whether you like it or whether you don't. You will be better off in the end, uh, walking in the will of God. As one man has said, the happiest place uh, on planet earth for the Christian is the safest place is in the will of God. So I hope you're in the will of God.
I hope you're at least at a place that you're concerned that you're not in the will of God and you've not gotten that far away. Humble yourself and pray. Lord, we love you. Uh, thank you for helping us in these verses tonight. Thank you for the word. Thank you uh, for all of your uh, benefits that you load us with daily. I pray for our church folk, Lord, that are sick. I pray for those, Lord, please, that are concerned and worried. Uh, Lord, calm their fears and help them, uh, Lord, to uh, overcome those fears and things by faith. And help all of us, Lord, to be uh, use our uh, good judgment and uh, good sound mind that we've been given. Uh, but, Lord, just help us not to back up for a moment in serving you. We love you. Thank you for all that you do. In, the, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. I'll let you know this week about Wednesday night. God bless you.